0: Hey everybody, and this week of Guy Talking Sports, we're gonna dig into the um, NFL's new ruling on the national anthem policy. Um, discuss about um Walker Bucks player getting case with a handcuff now that you saw the footage. And we also talk about the Western conference the conference finals, our analysis of the first couple of games, our predictions of what we expect we might see happen within the finals. This week guys talking. Everybody. Welcome to another week of Guys Talking Sports. This is me, um, E, once again, um, with my man Al, and unfortunately, Big Ace is under the weather um, for today, so he won't be on the call, so it's just going to be us two, shooting the shit as always. So, uh, Al, how you doing today,
1: man? I'm doing great, even though I'm hot right now. I'm wearing this tank top, but all no, I'm doing good.
0: <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Same here, man. Uh you know, just getting ready for the, um, for the holiday weekend. I'm about to take a road trip, and a long road trip. But uh, hopefully I'll get a barbecue in, in there sometime this weekend. So um, anybody out there, save me a hot dog or a hamburger from off the grill. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to hop right into it. I mean, there's a lot going on right now. We have, um, you know, the um, Eastern and Western Conference finals are actually getting quite interesting at the moment. Um, you know, obviously last night the Boston Celtics at home, um, beat um, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, obviously, LeBron should have just played one on one against five because the rest of his people just didn't show up and don't show up unless they're at home. So he might as well just not even, you know, he might as well just forfeited that game last night because it was a joke. Even though, in my opinion, that game was tailor-made for the Cavs to actually steal it in the fourth quarter because Boston was doing everything under their power to give that game away. Um, LeBron just had no help at all. Um, was, you know needless to say, Kyrie Irving, if you're still on that team, Cavs would have won that game easily. But um, that's not to be said. Of course, the Conference Finals is down um, two and two, they're going on right now tonight. I'm um, in Houston, so um, somebody's going to be three and two, and I think one, if not both, of these series is going seven games. But we'll get to that in a sec. But first, the big news right at the NFL office is that the owners agreed and commissioner stated that there's a new ruling to the, um, Anthem national Anthem policy. It states that players, if they don't want to stand for the national Anthem can go into the locker room and wait out until after the national Anthem has um, ended, Then they can come out to the, um, come out to the game. However, if they are on the field, they must stand and act in an appropriate manner, beholding to the um, national anthem and the flag. So, no kneeling. So, Al, with wow. this new ruling by the commissioner, um, let me phrase that: this new ruling agreed by all the owners. Well, agreed, I guess, 31 out of 32. Um, the 49ers owner abstained, as he said, but. Um, the owners, owners agreed to that. The commissioner said it. So what do you feel about this um, new ruling about national anthem policy?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> I kind of find it funny. I kind of wish Adrian was here because I would love to quiz him about his owner. Um, <laughs> basically just not doing anything at this point. Um, in a nutshell, this is a complete joke. Um All this talk about in support of the players, didn't even consult with the players' union in regards to all this. Um, Because the players' union obviously was like, you know, we have to look at this to see whether or not we are okay with the, the new rules in place. If not, we're definitely going to challenge. I think that this is completely. I understand that you're trying to implement something, but you cannot implement something. And take away the players' First Amendment rights. Um, that's in a nutshell. And I'm gonna be honest with you: if you really thought that this would help regain some of the lost revenue that you had this past season, I don't know if I don't know if you the owner, owners realize it or not. But I don't know if there's a lot of people they're gonna lose revenue regardless. The bottom line. Um, I think this is a complete joke um, for them to act like they was on board and then to implement this rule. But in all honesty, I'm not even going to say anything until I see what the players are going to do. If the players are not going to make some type of stand or challenge this, best way for them to do it is go through the players' union because I think that will right now be the right way. Um, But they need to do something in regards to it. If they don't, then – I can't understand people getting upset about it if the, if the players are not going to do anything about it. And I think that's something that you said the last time we talked about this in general because the players is the ones that are really going to have to say, all right, you know what? I don't, uh, I mean, this is my First Amendment right that's being like, pretty much stomped on. Um, so I, I have a right to defend it. But if they accept it, you know, what else can you do? What else can you say? Um, I was going back and forth on Twitter about this and, you know, just saying, you know, it's funny how so many people, so many um, people that are so complaining and against the actual, you know, people that are protesting and kneeling during the national anthem. I I asked them a question. I said, what are you going to do if you see a fan or someone sitting next to you kneeling um, during the national anthem? Are you what are you going to do? Like you can't everybody has a right to do to, to protest however they feel like it. And I think that in a nutshell, I think the NFL is going to, there's going to be some consequences, whether or not it be enough to affect the the NFL going forward. We shall see, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be some consequences going forth in regards to this.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, um, you know, you know, the protest was never ever about the flag, and was never ever about the national anthem. It was always it was about, you know, the police brutality, the killing of you know, the killing of unarmed black youths, and trying to bring light to the, you know, the you know, the injustices that does occur within the police, you know, in the police system. Never necessarily about the anthem. It was moved into the anthem as a way of trying to silence the protest. And now you have the owners um, agreeing ununanimously. Some people abstain. In my opinion, you know, abstaining is, is about my opinion. It's about a good way of saying yes. I mean, you're just not saying yes, or just I'm not going to vote on it. If you don't believe it, just say no. However, I think, like you said, this is some complete BS. I mean, it's, it's the First Amendment rights. Um, in my opinion, I think the owners have just told just told the, the players, obviously not consulting anybody at all, not one player rep there. Um, they basically told the players that your calls we deem that as irrelevant and unworthy of our attention. You are costing us money, and if you are out there, you are going to stand. They brought the the final judgment now. There's been some talk about well, it has not been, you know, formally voted upon, but you guys came right out and said it. Roger Goodell basically had a press conference saying what it is. So in my opinion, that's about as good as being formally voted upon. Because if it wasn't, why are you opening up your mouth? However, I mean, this is just a way for them to, you know, finally put a cat and put it an into the protest because to them, they believe they're they're missing money, whether they're scared of Trump or not. I mean, I don't know, but, you know, <laughs> Trump was the one that, If anybody should man, it should be Trump because at the point before he opened up his big mouth, you know, there was hardly anybody really protesting. There was a few people here and there, but I had been largely forgotten for the most part until he opened up his big yak and then he brought all this light to it. And now all the owners got into a tizzy and look where we're at right now. So in my opinion, I don't I'm not sure what the players are going to do. I mean, the only thing this is going to happen is week one, you're going to have all the writers and all the sports commentators taking a roll call, seeing who's out on the field during the National Anthem and who's not, and then they're going to be right there in the locker room asking people, well, why do you stand out? If you think that in any way you're curtailing the problem or you're killing the problem, you're not doing that at all. You're making the problem worse, in my opinion, because you're saying, well, if you're coming out on the field, then you got to stand, but if you're not – and stay in the locker room. What happens if everybody just stays in the locker room? Then what? You still bring a light to the problem. You're not killing the problem. So, to me, I think this was BS. I think the owners basically told the players what they truly felt about the whole, um, you know, the whole protest. All that, you know, conference they had back in the middle of the season where they had, um, who was it, Malcolm Jenkins from the Philadelphia Eagles come in, all those people you know, gave some money. All that was lip service to, you know, to get the shit off of the TV and off of national airwaves. And right before the season starts, what do they do? They do an end around and say, now if you're going to be out there, you have to stand. Or if not, stay your ass in the locker room.
1: But the thing about it is now is that because Trump is, uh, for what I'm hearing, the the thing is that Trump doesn't even want them to stay in the locker room. He wants them to actually, everybody comes out and it's required to come out and to um, stand during the national anthem. So if that is true, then the owners, I, I don't know what, I mean, what? It, the whole problem is, is what you said. You're absolutely right. The whole thing is that they blew the national anthem out of proportion of what it's really about. And at the end of the day, that's a big problem because now you got people on your side or complaining about the national anthem for the wrong reason. And truth be told, with so much stuff going on right now, um, with, you know, the video out with um, the Milwaukee cops, for example, um, you know, tasing Sterling Brown, the NBA rookie for the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, that is the reason why, you know, people are kneeling during the national anthem. And so many people got it wrong because they feel as though it's not their particular culture their culture when they think of their national anthem is about the military and they have to understand that their culture is not what represent what we represent or what our representation of what the national anthem is and that's really where the disconnect is and it's a problem because now i said before what are you going to i mean you complain about nfl players are you going to complain if somebody else do it right in front of your face i mean My thing is, is that there should be some type of understanding and there's never going to be an understanding the way things are because this this is just so divided in so many different levels.
0: Yeah. I mean, the owners and, you know, your average people don't get it. They don't understand it because it doesn't happen to them. Um, Why the president is interjecting himself into policy for a private, private business that he has absolutely no jurisdiction on is not federal is not government. It's a private business that he has nothing to deal with and he'll be out of office whenever. And, and the NFL will still go on. The owners are still on these teams. So why would they even care about what he, what he thinks or what he, what he says is one thing, but yeah, I, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that it's got to this. Um, the players, like I said, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, like I said, it's, it's been completely hijacked. Even, let's just say they always say, well, do something else. You know, show your form in another way. But no one can ever say what that other way is. And so if you can't, you know, advise in an alternate way of protesting that would get the point across, then why are you still, why are you still complaining about what you're doing right now?
1: So. Yeah, I agree with that. Completely agree with it. And to be honest, it's a shame because they completely missed the point of what the protest is about. And all jokes aside, like really nobody don't have a say in a matter of what anybody does. Sorry. I mean, if they who cares if they do it in their workplace? I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a protest. It's still their First Amendment rights. So basically you're telling me that you're going to care more about a particular private establishment, instead of a person's First Amendment rights. So, let's say, and you got people. What kills me is the fact that you complain about people kneeling on the on the you know kneeling during the national anthem, but you got people still wearing American flags as costumes or clothes or hats or you know different types of of of, of gear. You know that's a disrespect to the to that to that American flag. But yet here we are. You know. Can you imagine if there was so much backlash about people wearing the American flag as clothes? Like, Can you imagine how much backlash that would be And people would still try to defend to this day those same people that's complaining about kneeling about the national anthem would be the same people defending themselves about wearing a national flag?
0: Exactly. And it's not like anyone's burning the flag. It's not like anyone's doing anything like that. I mean, this issue with the national national flag, in my opinion, didn't really come up until. Um, well, they weren't even required to even be on the field for a national anthem uh, several years ago. It wasn't until the military started putting millions of dollars into the NFL's pockets. Now they're saying, well, everybody needs to be out there. But up until several years ago, it was a requirement. They wasn't even playing the national anthem. And most of the times the teams would stay in the locker rooms while the national anthem was being played. There was no, you know, there was nothing that said you had to be out there until they started getting money to promote the, you know, the flag and the military and you the military military days for the games. Now you want to have all the teams out there, you know, the standing, you know, you know, lockstep because it makes you look good. Windows always it was just about, you know, the money. And now they're worrying about the bottom, the bottom line in and and the dollar is that they're worried about losing money.
1: I am wondering what will happen if, I mean, I understand the kneeling. If, I mean, honestly, if, if they feel that bad about kneeling, how would they feel if players come and instead of standing for the national anthem, turn their backs on the national anthem, on the, during the national anthem? I wonder how many people, what will it, I mean, it's it's not going to get better. That's really the bottom line. It's not going to get better because people are still going to protest for whatever reason that, you know, it is what it is. People are going to understand that this protest, some people may do it for police brutality. Some may do it for, you know, from a military standpoint where the veterans are not getting enough. Of, of, you know, injured, injured veterans are not getting enough. There's so many ways that you can, can protest about this, but yet people are still going to complain one way or another. The problem is, is that they need to understand that everybody's going to protest and just as well as everybody's going to complain about something. But the thing about it is, it's still your First Amendment rights, no matter what. I can't, you know, if somebody protests the fact that, you know, let's say... Somebody protests is about, you know, whatever, about people eating unhealthy foods, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, it's their right. You, I mean, I can't get upset because of what they're doing because it's their right to protest. I may not agree or disagree with it, but still can't get upset about it or complain about it because it's their right.
0: Yes, they're right. I mean, you might not like it, it might make you uncomfortable, but if it's making you uncomfortable, you don't like it, then they're getting the point across about what they're trying to protest. And um, like I said, the owners don't have a clue because they live in a, a, a world apart from the players. True. Uh, the average fans, you know, might not see it because, you know, they don't live day to day with interaction with cops or how the cops treat the community because in certain some people's communities, the cops don't do anything. The cops are viewed as, as friends and they're there to protect and serve in other communities. They're there to really police and keep trafficking to a certain, you know, area. Anybody gets out, out of pocket or they believe gets out of pocket, you know, then, you know, they they react. Or in the case of, you know, the rookie from um, Milwaukee Bucks, in my opinion, overreact um, in that case and, you know, use, use tactics and force that was way unnecessary in that situation. So until it happens to you or happens to people that you know, some people will just not get it and will never get it. and will never understand it because
1: they don't walk a mile in, a mile in other people's shoes. Completely agree. And, you know, completely agree. And it's unfortunate because you would think that the way things are in this day and age, people would get a better understanding. And obviously that's not the case.
0: It's not, and, and it's unfortunate. And, you know, I'll kind of, you know, I guess we'll kind of, you know, move on to the other topic with um the guy from uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, the police video came out. They showed the cops, you know, what should have been a simple traffic ticket, you know, turned into him being tased, handcuffed. And, you know, of course, they had their backup. They had, like, what, four to six cops there for one, one person getting into his car, Park illegally, that was, that was known, but a ticket should have been issued and that should have been the end of it. But, of course, one thing leads to another, one thing leads to another, and then he's tased and handcuffed, and we saw the video footage from the body camera. So, how, what is your thoughts on that?
1: Um, in a nutshell, the punishment that they receive is not enough. Two games sus- – I mean, two games. Um, Two-day suspension um, from what I'm hearing – if that is true, that is definitely not enough for something like this. But makes me, what makes me wonder is that if it wasn't really – first things first, kudos to the Milwaukee Bucks for standing behind Sterling Brown. That's first and foremost because with that, with him, you know, being protected by the Bucks, I think that worked out um, in his favor. But the problem is, is that even though that's the case, you know, it's still an issue. And if it wasn't Sterling Brown, even though he's a rookie, if it wasn't Sterling Brown, it could have been somebody else. And I think that's really what the bottom line is. You know, if it wasn't for the body cams, it will be the he says, he says, he, they probably wouldn't have even been suspended. You know, they could have been going on, doing their daily jobs. And to be honest, enough is enough. Like, you get to a point sometimes where this is why we do what we do as far as the, the protesting is concerned, because let's be honest, you have so many people that get tased, they get beat up, that get, you know, with, with, with the police brutality being at an all-time high. And yet you have, like, so many, it, the color of the skin is so, it's the difference. That's why we have police brutality. That's why we have, we fight for this police brutality, because of the color of our skin where there's so many other cases where people do a lot more worse, but based off of their color, they get a slap on the wrist. Like, if I'm wondering if it wasn't Sterling Brown or if it was another person or another NBA star that wasn't the same color, I'm wondering if they would have actually treated them differently where they would have just gave them the ticket, probably got an autograph, and sent them on their merry way. But because of the fact that it was the color of the skin, they went through this whole this whole ordeal. And I really think that to to, uh, the suspension is not enough. I think they either need to have some type of training or at least be removed or be on desk duty um, or have their pension removed or something, you know what I'm saying? But something more severe than this, because you get to a point where this is just going on long enough. And there should be some type of, some type of a punishment that, that, that is, that validates the, the what they've done. Um, I really hope S- Sterling Brown doesn't – it's not the end of this for Sterling Brown. I hope he b- goes for a civil case. I hope he goes after the police department as a whole. Uh, and I hope he continues to fight. Whether he will, I don't know. But if he has the backup of the Milwaukee Bucks, I think that he should continue to fight.
0: Yeah, I – um. <clears throat> You know, I, I kind of, um, you know, watched, it, watched the video cam footage and saw what happened. And as I said, I believe that the cops overreacted to that, you know, to that incident. And this, all, and this always seems to be the repetitive case of overreacting or, you know, just always over assuming things. I mean, you can go from on and on for whether it's, you know, you know, this incident or whether it was the case in Starbucks or whether it was uh, Trayvon Martin. It, it's a litany of things that goes on, um, but also on watching that video, you know, I'll, I'll also say, and I would tell this, you know, to, you know, to anybody, whether it's my nephew, kids, anybody just be like, you have to understand when you get in those situations where you're interacting with cops and you can kind of sense that there's some kind of tension or that the cops might be reacting in a certain way already. Do whatever you can to come home. You don't want to do anything, and it shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't have to say that we have to act a certain way, but in this day and age, it's crystal clear, we don't want to do anything that's going to give the cops any more reason to act like jerks and idiots or even pull out their guns. I mean, now, he did have his hands in his pocket. They did ask him to take his hands out of his pocket, and he said, why? Why did we do that? You're well in your rights, but I always say that. In this day and age, let's not do anything to make these guys more sugar happy than what they are. And um, but there's got to be, you know, the cops need to have some training. They need to know how to interact with people nowadays and not to push a situation to a point where you're going to have, you know, resistance from the cops, resistance from, you know, a person of color. And then that's where the situations always go left. I mean. It always seems to happen with people of color. I mean, I've seen some cams where you had the person was, you know, a Caucasian male and the cops give them the same stuff, but it never ends up tasered, handcuffed, shot, dead. So I mean, it's this bad day and age that we live with, it's this bad day and age at how cops police people or how they perceive certain people to be. It's how people even perceive, you know, you know, people of color to be, you know. You know, case in point, simple people in Starbucks, you know, waiting for somebody to come in to discuss business and the manager overreacts or thinks these two people, maybe the way they looked, maybe the way they was dressing. But, of course, two guys of color get the cops called on them, was doing anything wrong. They get arrested for something that people do all the time at Starbucks. And this guy gets tasered. for doing something that people do all the time, illegally parked. You have a ticket, you go on, but it's, I always say, you know your rights, you have rights, but I always say, try to do anything more. That's, you want to come home at night, and it has, I hate for it to say like that, but you want to come home at night, so we just want to try to keep the situation as mellow as possible, but I agree with you, Adam, two days, suspension, that's a joke. <laughs> you know, training definitely needs, but you know, it's a conversation that we've been having and it seems like no matter what what the discussion is, there's nothing that comes up yet. We've been having these discussions and conversations for the last four or five years.
1: Yeah. But the thing about, you know what it is? I mean, to be honest, it's going to get to a point where, and this may sound, sound crazy, but to be honest, we're going to probably have to be the ones that take those type of jobs. I think that's going to be the only way that that would, would minimize some majority of this. Because if we, let's say, for example, the more diversity is in the police department, the better. That's, I think that would be the bottom line. I think that more diversity is needed in the police department, so there's a better understanding. I'll. I, I, I mean, I, in a world, I wish that there would be, you know, so much diversity that it overtakes that those type of um, personnel that overreacts all the time. Um, we have to do something because the way things are right now, the status quo is not going to cut it. And trying to get trying to get people in charge of it is going to be very difficult when we don't have the diversity, when we don't have majority of the people is of a diversity in the police department to, to, to bring that in or to keep it in check. It'd be so much different if, you know, if it, uh, the police department was run by diversity, I think that it'll be, it'll make a lot of difference in this world where, you know, some people may, you know, whether if somebody gets stopped, you know, some, another person that may be of color, may have a better understanding and say, Hey, look, you know, just chill out. Don't, you know, we'll just give a ticket and move on. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw the video of the policeman who tackled the, or, um, physically assaulted the 60 year old lady in Georgia, um, black lady in Georgia, um, um, and how she was talking. Yeah. That really got me upset because unfortunately this is what we live in where, You know people are so much overreacting and that's why I think that the diversity is very is needed very much so
0: I agree totally I mean it's one thing after another one incident after another and it just seems like you know diversity is needed you know more so than training you know diversity and real training I mean you can tell people to go to training and they might not give a shit about it and go back and do the same thing but diversity, inclusion, diversity on all levels, not just at the, you know, the, the, the micro level, but at the macro level, you need to have diversity around to be able to kind of, you know, talk to people and get to understand that the way you've been doing things is, is was never right and it's not right now and there's some deadly consequences that come about. Um, so switching gears, I know we have some... Um, Eastern Conference, the Western Conference Finals. Um, the West Conference Finals are going on right now. Pivotal Game 5 in Houston. I believe Houston is up by like 8 or 10 at, at the moment. Um, but a caveat is that Andre Inquadala, who injured his um, knee um, in Game 3, did not play in Game 4 and did not and is not playing Game 5. So uh, we'll start with the um, the West Conference Finals. How do you think that's going to have you – how know, think that's going to wrap
1: up? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I If the Warriors was healthy, fully healthy, then I'll still give the edge to Warriors. All depends on the injuries because if Clay Thompson is not developed, available it, – I know Clay Thompson is – He is playing. He is playing, but he's not at 100%. And all jokes aside, if Avedadala is not playing – I could see it going seven games, and I could give Houston the edge because right now they they don't really have anything to lose at this point. Um, They play, you know, they said that they was there to beat Golden State, and right now they're giving them a run for his money for their money. And as much as I say, like Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, you know, they provide the offense, but. I think it's the little things like Draymond Green and Iggy does that provides the, the, the defense that's necessary and needed. And even though Draymond is there, without Iggy, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because I don't know if anybody on the bench can feel what Iggy brings to the table. So at first I was saying Warriors in five or six games, but it looks like it's going to be a seven-game series where it could be a toss-up at this point.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, with, with, with Iggy out of the lineup, um, it, it, it definitely changes up the, uh, their, their defensive schemes because he's not there. He would be the main one person on James Harden. Without him, I mean, you're not going to put Steph Curry on him because he was getting torched up to this point. Um, you're not going to really put Clay on him because at that particular point, Clay it might not be 100%. That's what you would normally would do. So Iggy would be the one that would take up the defensive stats on was taking defensive stats on Harden allowing Curry when he wasn't switched on them to serve, you know, to conserve a little bit and Clay to conserve a little bit. Um, so at this point, the spacing is what got them in trouble at the end of the last game, a game in my opinion, which they should have won. Um, it was there to be won, And I'm not going to say that he would have drastically changed the way the game was played, but their stats would have improved because even that last play where you had Kevin, Hart, I mean, Kevin Durant coming down and he should have shot the ball, but I think I understand what he was trying to go for. He saw Clay Thompson cutting underneath. He was trying to go for a, um, a higher percentage shot, but it was so much, you know, there was no spacing. everybody was bunched up on one side of the court. Sean Livingston was in the game. He's not a three point threat. If he was in there, it stretches out the court a little bit more. Maybe when, you know, Klay Thompson cuts underneath. He has a bit more spacing instead of having two to three people around him and had to kind of take an off-balance shot. Maybe you kind of get a curl from, you know, Stephen I mean, um, Steph Curry, but without him in the game, like I said, it changes up their defensive schemes. Their intensity is not as good and their spacing is not as good. So I, I agree. If they're fully at 100%, you know, you know, you know, Glock for Glock and Tech for Tech. I will say the Warriors. But right now, I'm going to still stick with the thing that I said a couple weeks ago. I still believe that Houston is going to take this one. Um, I think it's going to go seven. I think Houston's going to win tonight. I think Golden State is going to not let them win their game on their own home court. Then it goes back to and win. Then it goes back to game seven. It's a toss up. But if Eagles not playing the rest of the series, I don't see how they're going to actually win that because that's. They haven't, they haven't played enough games before that to be able to overcompensate for his, you know, defensive intensity. And his other tangibles, he brings the table. There's no one ready to step up right now. There has to be. Who are you going to have, Swaggy P? Devin, Devin Cook? Sean Livingston is not a three. I mean, he, he can run some point for you, but they haven't identified that guy yet. Who can, you know, fill that void. Like you said, there's a tangible that either him or Draymond Green does. So, I think Houston won it tonight. Golden State wins in, at home. And then I think Houston wins a game seven. Yeah.
1: I didn't expect Houston's um, role players to step up to do what they're doing. Um, and I have to give credit where credit is due. They may not be doing it as much on the offensive side, but they're definitely doing it on the defensive side. And I think that you have to give credit where credit is due. Houston is playing top-notch defense at the right time um, against Golden State. So um, that's why I think that's still going to be a toss-up no matter what um, going into this series. Um, Iggy, for much as the other four are as far as the offense is concerned, the Iggy provides that, like you said, the intangibles that – puts them over the top. And without him, it's going to be very difficult for Golden State to close out um, Houston in this series.
0: Yeah, exactly. When they blew him out by 40 points in game three, he was a large part of that made some, some timely steals, some buckets and defensive stops. So, I mean, I think that if they lose tonight, which I, which I think they will, and he's definitely going to make himself play for game six. But if he's not hundred percent, they're, it's going to be very difficult for them to win this series. Now, Eastern Conference, I don't know what the fuck up over there. I mean, to me, if you're good, you should be able to win no matter where, what arena you play on. How is it that you can only play good and win on your home court and stink it up on somebody else's home court? I don't get that.
1: All right, so I, I I told you this. I said that I, I Boston right now is in a position to win the series. Bottom line, because whether Cleveland comes back on their home court, which I expect they will, I said I said this before. Celtics is like you said, it's so weird the fact that they're still undefeated in home during this playoff run. And I really think that they will close it out in seven games. And I told you, don't get me wrong about Cleveland. Don't get me wrong about LeBron. He's still, he's still the, one of the best players in this league. Don't get me wrong. I never questioned LeBron when I picked Boston. I questioned the rest of the Cavaliers. And it's so alarming that LeBron is doing all he can but yet get the performance out of the other players that he got last game in game four, no, game five, sorry. Um, Kevin Love with 14 points. Um, George Hill and J.R. Smith combined for like two or three points. Like that alone. And I, 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 the cast is not where it should be. And that's why I said I can't put Cleveland over the hump because Without Kyrie, it's they don't have that. LeBron can't do this by himself. I'm sorry, he can't. As good as he is, he is not going to win this by himself. And I thought that they was going to give Korver a little bit more touches because I thought that he was doing well, but they even put him in the game majority of that game five. So it's I really can't see Cleveland pulling two wins. I'm sorry. I, I just don't see them pulling two wins. I could see them getting this next one, but I just don't see them doing it in game seven. <laughs> mind.
0: Yeah. The, uh, you know, his teammates, you know, have not been giving them the assist that they need. Um, you know, Kevin Love is, I think after Isaiah Thomas got started in the lineup, he got felt like he got regulated to the third option. He has never been the same since then, and that was way before midpoint of the season. Um, And then um, those players never meshed well over the long term. Even if I said once they got him and they won the two games before the All-Star, everybody thought, oh, the ship is right. They're going back to the finals. I was like, you got to see how the first, you know, 10 to 15 games after the All-Star break looks when they have, a, you know, you can really see what it's going to be. It was almost twenty games after the All Star break, and they're still trying to figure out their rotation. I'm like, if you had that particular point, you you going in there with problems. And then, you know, they they got lucky with Indiana because they should have lost to the series. in Indiana, no business at all winning that series. Toronto Raptors just folded like a cheap tin on them and didn't give them no competition. And right now. I, uh, <laughs> It's, it's hard to – I personally, I wouldn't mind seeing a Houston, Boston in the Houston-Boston in the NBA Finals. I think that would be hella exciting.
1: I agree with you on that.
0: Hell exciting. I'm, I'm not sure if the um, NBA execs <laughs> particularly want that. I don't think both – I don't think one of the two teams is not making it back to the Finals. Either it's going to be Golden State or Cleveland. One, if not both, is not making it back. And um, – I definitely think Cleveland's going to win games. You know, I mean, Cleveland's going to win Game Six at home. LeBron's going to bump, you know, thump his chest and walk around and do all that pumping up and down and screaming up and doing all that other stuff. And but when it comes to Boston, you know, his teammates don't show. So somebody has to show. And I mean, he can put up 50, but as no one is showing, I agree with you. They're not going to win. I'm not ready to bet money on that because the man seems to always pull rabbits out of his hat, but eventually the magic has to, you know, wear off eventually. And I think that, uh, this year is possible. I mean, if he's vulnerable at any time, any point it's, this is this year.
1: And that's, and that's what keeps killing me because when he was vulnerable in the, in the end of the Pacers series, I was like, Oh wow, this is not, this is not, you know, the same LeBron that was sweeping the first couple of series getting to the conference finals. This is like, Oh snap. He could have lost in the first round LeBron. So like, and like I said, it's not about LeBron per se, but it's the rest of his teammates. And I'm, I'm not saying that when they win, because his teammates play well, LeBron is always going to be LeBron, no matter what, when they win, the focus is that because his teammates is playing well. When they lose, the focus is because the teammates is not doing well. And that's how I I see it. I don't see when they win that LeBron was so magnificent. He carried this team. No, it's because the rest of the teammates did what they were supposed to do. And they scored enough points to win the game. And when they lose, oh, it's now all about LeBron. You know, he can't do this, this, this. It's because his teammates didn't show up. So, that's why I'm saying, like, I just don't, I just don't, I have confidence in LeBron, don't get me wrong. I, and I said this last week, I just don't have confidence in the rest of the team. I really don't. I, and it's unfortunate because if they were able to do what they were supposed to do, then this wouldn't be a seven game series. It would be done in five or six games. But obviously, and all jokes aside, don't get, I have to say this, like, the fact that you're not getting, the same amount of production from J.R. Smith, I don't know why you keep him in the game playing a lot of minutes. All jokes aside, let's just be 100. Like, Kyle Corbett is playing better than J.R. Smith this whole playoff series. There should be no reason why you can't make a change to take J.R. Smith out of the starting lineup and put Kyle Corbett in. At least bring J.R. off the bench to get him going. Like, that should have been, and I'm not, Tyron Lue should be doing those type of like movements because you're gonna exalt, you're gonna exhaust LeBron James to the T because you don't want to make the necessary changes to get your team into the finals. I just don't understand that. Where's Rodney Hood? Like, where is like you you got these people? Rodney Hood can create his own shot but you don't give him the opportunity to see what he could do. Like, I can't blame LeBron for doing what he's doing. He's just putting up his points. But whether it's the coaching or whether it's the players, the rest of the team, they have to do something to pick up the pace. Somebody has to step up. Because if somebody doesn't step up, no matter if LeBron scores 55, they're still going to lose this series.
0: Yeah, I mean um... – like I said, I'm not ready to bet money on them losing the series, but I definitely agree. It's um,
1: life support. <laughs> huh? They're on life support.
0: It's not looking really good. I mean, <laughs> you go down the line, you're looking at who's going to help. J.R. Um, Smith been been streaky and i um, suspect since the Knicks. Uh, George Hill, what the hell happened to him? Clarkson putting up some good numbers. You know, Kevin Love he's been in a funk since, you know, before, before um, all-star break. Um, and then you keep going online, Tristan Thompson, you know, he can give some good games, but he's not consistent. He'll have a good game here. He'll have a bad game there. It'll be non-existent. So there's, n- there's no consistent play. The last couple of years, the only consistent person that he could count on was Kyrie Irving. Now, right or wrong, whatever he wanted to do, he felt like he wanted to go and do his own show. Nothing wrong with that. He went to Boston. And now you see LeBron has to, you know, these are the cast of characters that he got from a trade. These are the cast of characters that they did another trade for, and this is where they're at right now. So this is this is what he has to work with. And if I'm LeBron James, if they lose, you know, in this round or the finals, whichever one, you know, how, however it works out, does he even stay because that team is capped, strapped, big time. They have no money to bring in anybody. And that next pick is not going to bring you in anybody of really high value. That's going to make immediate impact depending on who they pick. I mean, you could find a diamond in the rough, but you're still going into a team where the dominant alpha male is LeBron James. It starts and ends with him. And everyone has to kind of, you know, acquiesce their game to compliment him and not be able to shine. So to me, if he loses, he really has no reason to stay because he's going to be stuck with that team, you know, as is next season. And that East is getting a lot stronger. Philly's going to have another year underneath their belt, Indiana Pacers, oof, they're going to be on to come up. Milwaukee Bucks, they're getting their act together. The Boston Celtics don't even have Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving. Good Lord. So, I mean, if I'm LeBron James, I'm looking at the landscape of the East. I'm looking like I'm not getting any younger. And these young teams are getting a lot stronger. Your reign in the East is coming to a very, a very quick end. So I don't know what they do. Um, does he run to the West? Probably not, because he prefers the East. Because at the moment, it's been less work for him to get to the finals in the East, and has been in the West. But I agree with you. He's gonna score his points. His teammates, if they come and play? Like they'll probably miraculously come and play in in Cleveland. They'll win. But when they go to Boston,
1: I don't know. I I will say this. Even if Cleveland wins, if Boston loses in Cleveland, they better come. I don't want to be a blowout. That's for sure. Because if it's a blowout, then I'm going to be very worried about game seven. Um, If they come with some type of energy to play and they lose by a couple of points, then I'm like, okay, I'm not really worried about it. You know, it is what it is. I think they'll win it in seven. But it all depends on how Boston comes. They, You know, if they come correct in Cleveland and, and and be manageable and not play, you know, and play with the effort that's there, I think they can really close it out. And shout-outs to Jason Tatum for being as young as he is doing what he's doing for Boston because him, Jalen Brown, Marquise Morris – you know who was a castaway now in Boston. You know, shouts to Stevens for putting Aaron Baines um into the starting lineup. Like he is forcing these type of changes, and it's working out. Like Boston right now is the San Antonio West, the Eastern version of San Antonio right now, because they're playing more team basketball and they're depending they're. they're players their young players are stepping up it's something like they just fitting up all of, of all around the system the, the boston Celtics system it's very similar to what san antonio had done with their system in place. so i yeah. think shout out to them yeah
0: i agree i mean you know i would like to see some new blood in the finals i think it's needed right about now i think it's i will not say it's gotten stale but it's gotten predictable um i think that um if, you know, I'll say one thing to the Boston Celtics. You go in there in Cleveland, you go in there that first quarter and you punch them in the mouth and you try your best to take that team out. If you can take the other team, if you can take everybody else out, let LeBron score 50, but you, you take everybody else out and you try to, you know, put a hurt on them and punch them in the mouth the first quarter, take the crowd out of the game, take the role players out the game – and make LeBron have to do all the heavy lifting by himself, then you win because I think they're going to feel more comfortable in game seven at home, but I, I wouldn't trust a game seven at home with LeBron James on the court because you're not sure what's going to happen. But if I was the Boston Celtics, I would say end it in Cleveland, end the right on King
1: James's court. And you not only – Do it early. Yeah, but not only that, show them that you're not just a home team. Like, if I'm you, if you want to be taken seriously and do make it into the finals, you need to beat them in their home court. I mean, you need to beat them while away. You need to beat them away from TD Garden. You need to show that you can beat Cleveland with LeBron James in Cleveland. Like, this should be your biggest game of the playoffs, without a doubt. Because if you could do that, I think that most media, most social, you know, fans, people out there, NBA, would take you seriously in the finals. Because if you have to, we have to wait until you do it in the in Boston, nobody's going to take you seriously. Everybody thinks you're going to get swept by our Western Conference, no matter if it's Houston or no matter if it's Golden State. If you really want to put your mark in on this playoff run, playoff push to the finals, you need to beat them in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, you need to make a statement to to King James. You need to make a statement to the Houston Rockets or the Golden State Warriors because whoever you play, they're going to have home court advantage, not you. So I agree. You know, make a statement, prove to everybody that you can win outside of home and prove to whoever in the Western Conference Finals saying that, hey, we're undefeated at home. So when you come here, you're going to have problems, but we can go in your house and steal one, and that's all they need to do if they make it to the finals. Yes, completely agree. So, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Um, we could definitely possibly have, you know, two game sevens. My worry is, if Houston wins tonight, I can see them being coming into Golden to State extremely lackadaisical. And if they get down in the first quarter, they're going to do what they have done and done in the past. They'll give up. They'll wait to go home. And it'd be another blowout game because they just they gave up in that third quarter. They just gave that game away. Mm. So we'll see. But um, I guess we're coming up on our time. So um, as always, we appreciate everybody for tuning in, subscribing, listening to us. Um, as always, any comments or any, you know, questions are are appreciated. So I'm um, Al, let them know what they can find yet.
1: Um, of course, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter, I am Al Crawls. Instagram and Twitter, I am Al Crawls.
0: And you can find me um, on the gram, Snapchat, and Twitter at J.E. Ross, number seven, at. Um, and just for everybody else's note, it's a tighter game right now. It's 41-45, the Rockets, with about uh, a little less than two minutes in the in the first half. Wow.
1: That's what's up.
0: So, yeah. All right, everybody, once again, one love. Everybody have a happy Memorial Day, a safe Memorial Day. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same back channel.
1: God bless everybody. Get, get well, Ace. See you next week. Shout out to everybody out there checking us out. No doubt. Long Island. <laughs> Long Island Nets, I should say. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> happy Memorial Day, everybody.